welcome to Conversations with Maya Lenz. That's me, your host. I'm a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, I interview women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's making a difference by leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being who you truly are, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and the value they bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether they are stay-at-home moms, entrepreneurs, pursuing a career, or growing their business. We are bilingual speakers and want to bring value to both the English and Spanish-speaking communities. Some shows will have a Spanish label when we have a Spanish-only speaking guest. Let's learn and grow together. Is postpartum depression real? For most new moms, pregnancy can be exciting. For others, it could present severe changes like vomiting throughout your pregnancy, headaches, back pain. When women are pregnant, hormones increase greatly. 24 hours after giving birth, they go back to normal. Experts say that this rapid change in hormones may lead to depression. An estimated 1 in 7 women experiences postpartum depression. My guest today is an extraordinary young woman and mom of two, whom I am sure is going to touch the heart and help many women with her message. We talk about body image, postpartum depression, why it's important to share and talk about it, mental illness awareness, taking responsibility for yourself, and so much more. Take a listen. Hi, welcome Caroline to the show. I know you since you were in your mom's belly. <laughs> You're my little cousin, but for everyone else, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I'm a I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. I used to work at a restaurant, but now I stay home with two kids under you see, two kids under the age of 2. I got married to my high school sweetheart at 20 years old, and I'm just I'm getting into nursing school, trying to work on loving myself and trying to spread that to other people. You and Tyler started blogging on uh, YouTube. How did you guys come up with that idea of uh, blogging? I thought it would be something fun to look back to. And it was fun to pull pranks on each other and just try to, we, we were what, 18, 19 years old at the time. So it would be fun to just look back at it. And then actually when we started vlogging, I got pregnant maybe like two months later. So it was funny to record that progress, I guess, transition right. to becoming parents. So one of the videos you did was a prank, pranking your boyfriend that you were pregnant and you actually became pregnant. Yeah. I <laughs> so the prank was pregnant. on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turned around on me. <laughs> now, you started blogging more on Instagram. Yes. Uh, and you started promoting more uh, body positivity. And t- talk to me a little bit about um, 
how did you find the confidence or should I say the courage to start talking about your body on social media? I always felt like I always had like body issues. I never felt like confident in my own skin. And then it got even worse after, you know, I got pregnant and I gained, I think I gained almost 50 pounds. So when I got pregnant, I was already the heaviest I'd ever been, which was like 160. And then I got all the way up to about 207. So, I mean, when you give birth and, you know, postpartum, it's hard on your body because you, um, your hormones are all over the place. Your hormones go from an all-time high to low to high, especially if you're breastfeeding. So, you know, I went through postpartum depression and that didn't help my weight issue either. And really, I didn't, I just, like, if you look back on my Instagram, there's not really a lot of pictures of me in, like, her first year. Like, I really didn't take pictures or I did take pictures, but I didn't post them just because I didn't feel confident. I, like, I didn't like anything I looked like. I didn't like the clothes I looked in. So then when I finally kind of got out of like my funk and like that kind of postpartum depression, I, and I started working out and dieting and I started getting somewhere, I got pregnant again. I got pregnant when she was 10 months old. And then that was even rougher because I hadn't lost any weight, like any of the baby weight. I think I went down to maybe 190. And then with my son, I went all the way up to 230. So again, I was almost, I was what, 70 pounds heavier than when I had kids. And then like, it just, I tried, I think, well, you're not supposed to do this, but I started working out two weeks postpartum. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. You're You're crazier than me. (laughs) You're supposed to wait six weeks, but I started working out at two weeks. But um, my birth with him was so easy. that I mean, that's not an excuse to go work out when you're two weeks postpartum. But I felt good. So I started doing it then. And I felt like I felt like that was a big help for me, like just working out. Because when you work out, you know, you get your blood is flowing. You release serotonin which helps you not only gain more energy, but it helps you sleep better. And sleep is a very big part of losing weight and your mood and balancing your hormones. So, and it's hard to do that, especially when you have a newborn and you have a toddler, it's hard to get enough sleep, but it's important for weight loss and it's important for your mood as well. So I feel like just kind of pushing myself to work out, even when I didn't feel like it, it helped a lot with, you know, just, I didn't answer the question, did I? But it, it's so good. You can continue. Because that, that actually helps you to get yeah. the courage, you know, like wh- once you started seeing those results, you, you were like, okay, let me post something on, online. And I see that you are a little shy too. Yeah. And the reason why I was asking, how did you find that courage? Because one thing is a person that it's very open, um, that is not shy, I know. And that's, that's the thing is um, just like from what I went through and dealing with that depression, just kind of feeling like I was just sleepwalking. I felt like I didn't want to go through that again. And it's all about, you know, it's all about mindset, really. It's all about getting out of that mindset and trying to be more strong willed, trying not to go back into that funk. So from my experience, from what I went through the first time, because now, you know, I'm older 
I'm 22 years old. So a lot of my friends and, you know, people that I went to high school with, they're now getting pregnant. They're now having kids. And we share so much online about how cute it is to have kids and their outfits and stuff like that. But nobody shares about postpartum depression and nobody shares about the struggles of actually having kids. Nobody shares all of that. So I felt like I needed to share that more because it's, I, I do it too. I'm guilty of it too. It's posting about my kids and how cute they are and the outfits and stuff like that. But it was, it's also important to talk about the postpartum depression, the postpartum anxiety, the postpartum rage, because that does happen and it's not talked about enough. So I feel like talking about it more will bring more awareness right. to those girls that are still so young when they're having kids, they don't know what to expect after because nobody talks about it. Right. And, you know, I was talking to uh, my other guest about social media. And sometimes I'm in this mood that um, when I scroll and I see everyone's so happy and so, uh, you know, like, uh, I just want to see at least one sad face. And it's not like <laughs> I want to be sad. It's just like, okay, I can identify with that person. You know, you have to balance it out. And, mm -hmm. and I love what you're doing because you are balancing that out. Yeah. And it also helps having um, somebody next to you that it's supportive. Because this is the thing, when you're in that depression, it's hard to talk to somebody, and especially with family, not knowing how to help somebody else. You just dismiss things like, you know, that's just being her. Oh, you know, she'll change or whatever. How did you... How did you get out of that funk? How did you change your mindset? Did you start reading books? Did you go to a therapist or a psychiatrist or, you know, or somebody in the family? Well, the thing about mental illness is that a lot of people believe that because it's not physical, it's not real. Right. So, for example, Tyler, he's, he's not very educated on mental illness. So all of that was new to him. And... A lot of people, a lot of people, when thinking of depression, they think about you're sad and you're moping and you're crying right. and you're just laying in your bed. But a lot of times it can be the person next to you making jokes. It can be the person laughing and, you know, living their life, but they can still be depressed. And that's the thing about depression is that if I had never talked about it, a lot of people wouldn't think that I was actually depressed and anxious and all that stuff. But the way that I, I really don't, have a clear path of how I got through it I remember I saw this thing on Instagram that said like if you want if you want change do something about it and then it's I was just thinking to myself like I want to lose weight I want the body that you know that I've always imagined and that takes work it's not just going to happen overnight and you can want things to change But if you don't do anything about it, it's not going to happen. And I know it, it can be hard to get out of that funk and out of that depression. But it's just important to talk, whether you're talking to, you know, your 30 followers on Instagram, whether you're talking to your spouse who may not understand. Like Tyler, he Tyler didn't understand. Tyler really still doesn't understand. But he tries. And it, it's important to just have someone to talk to, whether or not they can understand it whether or not they can talk back and give you advice, just talking about it and just letting it all out can help a lot too. Something that I used to do was I used to have a journal and I used to just write and write and write and just let it all out. And it's very important to let it all out. Mm -hmm. 
And once you kind of change that mindset and you start just kind of letting, because having everything built up isn't healthy. So just kind of letting everything out is a good way to try to get out of that funk. Again, like I said, exercise is a very good output. Like you don't have to run. You don't have to lift weights. You can just go for a walk. You can go for a walk around the lake. And just that getting some sun will help you a ton. And it also has a lot to do with everything that you eat. So just changing my eating habits. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be organic. It doesn't have to be from Whole Foods. But just changing changing your lifestyle, talking are all ways that I sort of got out of my funk. And a lot of the products that we use as well can actually contribute to your depression and to your mindset as well. Yes. Yes, very true. So. Mental illness, it's, it, it's true. It's a big thing and something that, that needs to be talked about more. And we, and we get so busy going through our own problems that we don't see the other person. So it, it's important to ask somebody, how are you? How you doing? Really, really? How are you doing? Exactly. You know, it's like, like you said, um, since you're like quiet and you're always like, you're, like, I'm always smiling. Like, you wouldn't think that I'm sad. Like, people tell me, why exactly. are you always smiling? I don't know. That's just me. But you wouldn't think that I'm that inside. I just feel like really crying. Like, I just want to cry. Mm -hmm. And when you were talking about, you know, that, you know, doing exercise and really like taking action it's really about taking responsibility but yeah. sometimes it's really hard to take that responsibility when you're like down like when you're hitting like yep. really but you know rock bottom it's hard but you also have to take that responsibility and say you know what like i'm i can no longer go any any down <laughs> You look, I'm already there. So either I go up yeah. or I'm going to bury myself. And and that's one thing that, you know, if you have somebody that helps you take that help, but really take that responsibility because otherwise, you know, nothing that you'll try, you know, um, will work. Yeah, talking about that, it's like, it's a lot of people will think that, I just got out of the depression and now I'm good right. and, and I'm, I never go back into it but I still have you know my high days and my low days and like for example sometimes you'll see me post on Instagram for a week straight and then I'll disappear off Instagram for about you know three days and that's when I hit my low point that's when I just you know I don't like I don't feel like talking I don't feel like doing anything but I'm a mom and I have to I have to get up I have to feed my kids and change their diapers and So it's everyone's, you still have your low days because it's, it's a mental illness. It's a hormonal imbalance in your brain. And unless you actually, you know, even using medication all the time doesn't even work either. Right. And that's when you see all these things um, on the news when a mom did something crazy or either to her or their children. Uh, and you're like, how, how can you do something like that? And it's something that they were, Um, it, maybe not in every case, but most likely, you know, 90, I will say 90, 98% of the time, it will be yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a breaking point. Right. Um, not to, you know, dismiss the people that just do it for evil. Um, that's not, yeah. the, you know, that's not the, the point here. It's just that mental illness. It's a real issue that 
that we should bring up. And one of the main um, themes of the podcast is talking about body image, you know, beauty and um, self-esteem, just to empower women, you know, just to feel good about themselves. Not only that we need to look like Barbie dolls to be beautiful, which brings me to the next point. What does beauty mean to you? Because, and, and here's why, because beauty, like I explain to people, beauty to me can, I, ha- I can have a perception of beauty and you can have another perception of beauty. That's a, that's a tough question. I think that's still something that I'm still trying to work on myself is trying to figure out what beauty is. But when you think of beauty, you always think of like, you know, the curvy girls and the makeup and the hair. But honestly, like I, even though I'm not at my goal where I am, I can, it's when I'm in the correct mindset and I'm in clothes that makes me feel good. And I think beauty is feeling good within yourself. Even if to others, you may not, you may not look good, at least to yourself, you feel good. And that's important. I think that's more important to just be happier with yourself and feel beautiful, whether or not other people think it or not. Like when you put makeup on, I I do my hair, I put makeup on and I'm like, holy cow, I look beautiful. <laughs> but what happens when you take all the makeup out? Do you still love exactly. yourself? You just have to yeah. look good and feel good about yourself first. And then you can do the external things. Exactly. What is your best tip for someone that is having trouble to feel confident? Stop comparing yourself to people on Instagram. Ah. Don't compare yourself Mm. to people on Instagram and on magazines and billboards because most of the time, probably 99% of the time, those things aren't real. Photoshop. I'm a photographer. Photoshop, (laughs) angles. Right. It's the best pose, which helps. Yeah. Like the girl that you can be, you know, that you want to look like may not even actually look like that in real life. Or, you know, she got plastic surgery or you know whatever the case is but I think that's the biggest thing for me was thought was not comparing myself anymore to other people you know because that that's a completely different person and I'm a completely different person so my even if I work out and I eat right my body may still not look like that of course obviously if they had like plastic surgery and stuff it helps but um exactly so I mean it's just don't compare yourself. I think that's the biggest thing that women have is that they constantly compare themselves to other people and just not caring about what people think. I mean, I know it's hard to do that because, you know, if, especially when you have low self-esteem, you don't have much confidence. It's, you know, not really like to everybody, somebody is beautiful. To somebody, you're ugly. To somebody, you're gorgeous. To somebody, it's, it's all about not comparing yourself, like I said and um not caring about what people think you know if you like an outfit wear it if you think your hair looks good go out with it you know like even if you and also something else that i started doing a lot too is getting ready even if you're just going to the grocery store yeah even if you're just going for a walk in the park especially as a stay-at-home mom you don't go out a lot you don't get the chance to dress up a lot so even if you're just going for a walk even if you're just going to the grocery store picking the medicine Picking up a target order like I always do. Get dressed up and feel good about yourself because who cares? That's funny because um, when I go on walks with my with Bella, with my dog, 
my mom is like, you're not going to put a little bit of makeup on? And I'm like, I'm going walking. Why would I need makeup on? She's like, well, you look so, you know, just put a little bit of chapstick or something. I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to care a lot. Like I used to wear makeup all the time, like foundation and concealer and all that stuff because I felt, you know, I felt like insecure. And then I just stopped doing it. I just stopped caring what people think because like I don't care if you think I have no eyebrows without my eye, you know, without stenciling them on or whatever the case is. So I just stopped caring. So now I don't I don't wear face makeup. I just wear I just do my eyebrows and mascara and that's it. You know, the funny thing about um, when I use makeup, I never use foundations and all that stuff. Maybe once or twice when I'm doing a photo shoot or yes. something. But because I felt like I had um, um, Play-Doh all over yeah. my face and it felt like I had a ton of it on my face. Yeah, and it's it, very cakey. Yeah, it felt weird. I'm like, uh, did somebody put cake on me? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a little content uh, for my next question. And this is something that I ask everyone in the show. Being unapologetically you, to me, means being true to who you are and what you believe in. Staying true to yourself, to, to your core values. Um, not trying to shrink in to fit in somebody else's um, mindset or limitations. Some people confuse being unapologetically yourself with being rude and unkind to me you offer an apology when you do something wrong to someone but you don't apologize for going after your dreams and that's the difference now my question to you and it seems it seems like you're doing a lot of work for yourself is there anything right now that you are going to stop apologizing for or that you've recently stopped apologizing for Probably my honesty. Probably something that I probably stopped apologizing for. Mm. I stopped um, because I like I like being honest. I like being honest with people, even if it hurts their feelings. And you know, I'll probably get um, a little personal here, but I mean, I grew up. I didn't grow up. I mean, obviously, you know. <laughs> I didn't grow up, you know, in a bad situation or anything, but I mean, I grew up with young parents and they're probably going to get mad at this, but I grew up with young parents who didn't know how to parent. So, and that, I think that a lot of that has affected me in my mindset and how I am today and with my kids. And I'm very, I'm very strict on how I am with my kids. I'm very strict on my parenting. Um, so probably my honesty in, in parenting and in kind of setting, like holding people accountable for, you know, things that they've done to me in the, in the past. And um, I think that's, the, I think that that's how I answered the question. It's funny when, when you said that your parents were young, so there were kids raising a kid. Exactly. Because your mom was at 15. 15 when she had, when she became pregnant with you. And in a way, you also understand your parents. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's the cycle, you know, like you still want them to be accountable for, you know, uh, their mistakes or whatever. 
but now you have children because even and it's funny because my sister and I we had totally different um approach to that my mom was you know very young but I guess I took more responsibilities of my feelings than her she was more into the blaming and I was more into that oh you know what <laughs> which is true unfortunately she's not here so that we can talk about it um but you know it's like taking that responsibility also um, which is amazing because now you're going to learn and you're going to go through, you know, that when she gets exactly. bigger and now I'm going through that teenage boom, you know, it's like, ah, <laughs> I know I can, I, I can't even imagine going through that right now. So it's like, I understand my mother now what she had to deal with. <laughs> Because, boy, my sister and I, we were not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. But, oh, my so, goodness. I love that. Yes. I, yeah. I think that's something that I really stopped apologizing for in everything. And everything in my life when it comes to, you know, being a parent and getting pregnant young and just doing things my own way. I feel like I was always apologizing for just going down my own path. We went out with his boss a couple of weeks back. We went to Top Golf, and we only took the the bigger one. We didn't take the little one. And um, one of his boss's girlfriend's parents asked us, "Oh, you guys have a daughter? You guys are so young to have a kid." And we're like, "Oh, we actually have two. We have another one at home." And he was like, "Oh, wow, you guys are young." I was like, yeah. yeah, I know. And and you're young, but you had the baby what at 20 yeah 20 i had uh, stephanie at 29 mm-hmm. although i got pregnant at 21 um i think that you are ready when you are ready because yeah sure. if you think about it you'll never be ready to have a child until you're like 55 and you're like oh my god the train just <laughs> went by and you know it left me exactly because first i understand you know what 20 you should be you know focusing on school and a career um maybe and your mid-20s you start thinking about whether to open a business or you know or what career path you should take and then at late 30s you're like okay we're gonna have a child but some people will never be ready and and that's okay too you know some people will just you know, like I want to open a business and that's what I want to focus on. And, and that's all I want. And that's going to be my baby. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's another okay. thing. That's another thing too, about kind of, kind of goes into women empowerment is that, you know, the old kind of the old school way of thinking is that you have to, that most women, you know, they'll go to school, they finish school, get married, have kids. But for a lot of women, that's not the plan. A lot of women don't want to have kids and that's okay too. Some women, some women want to have five kids and that's okay too. Some women just, you know, want to have a high powered career and, you know, like Tyler, I think Tyler would rather switch places with me. I think he'd rather be a stay at home dad. (laughs) And (laughs) nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of men doing that because the women wants to, you know, she's built for, a career or a business and the men and it's okay it's just exactly that 
You know, we are brought up in this mentality that the woman is the one that has to stay home, clean, take care of the kids, and, you know, like, whatever you want, forget it. That's, exactly. you know, it, you don't matter. Exactly. Like or, her. right, or you, you, you give birth and you go ahead and go to work and you go come home after work, you take care of the kids, you clean the house, you, you know, you make food, you take care of the husband and repeat. No, yeah, they're both hard jobs. Being a stay-at-home mom and going to work and then coming home and being a mom, it's, it's hard because being a stay-at-home mom, it never ends. You know, like mm -hmm. it, you're constantly doing something. You're constantly taking care of the house. You're constantly taking care of the kids. You're making food. When you're working, you're working at another place and you're coming home and you're doing that same thing all over again. So, I mean, they're both hard At first, I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom, but with two kids, and, you know, I was working at night. So, like, I thought, you know, Tyler has a full-time job now. So I was blessed, and now I'm able to stay home with two kids and that we're okay financially. And But I still want, you know, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom my whole life, and that's okay for some people, too. I want to go to school, and I want to go into nursing, and eventually, you know, I would like to open up a business and you know have like I had this conversation with Tyler a couple months ago that I don't want to just depend on him mm, like that's very important yeah because I've, I've watched so many women in my family depend on men and then they're screwed when something happens because yep. they have nothing of their own so I was telling him that and he was like he's like oh what do you think that we're gonna get divorced and I was like no it's not about that like I I trust you but me as a woman with kids, I have to be prepared for anything. What if something anything. happens to him? For God, exactly. You know. Because then I don't know how to pay the mortgage or whatever. I don't know how to, you know, I don't have any, I don't have my own credit score. I don't have anything, you know, just have my own stuff so that in the, in the case that something happens, I'm prepared. Right. I don't have to struggle with my kids. This is something that I, that I, tell any woman that I talk to always be independent always. Yes. And that's what I'm teaching my kids always be independent because what if something happens to me? What if something happens to their dad? You know, look at my sister, she passed away. Emily was 15. You know, anything can happen. And I've never, I, I've come from a, a, a single mom and she struggled a lot being a single yeah. mom. My grandmother, She was a single mom too. Yep. Um, I was raised to, or I saw that you have to be responsible for yourself. My grandma always, you know, taught me that you need to be responsible for yourself. No matter what, you need to be independent. You need to be a hardworking woman. Uh, you need to have your own dreams and, you know, and do not depend on no men. That was yep. her message. Do yeah, not 100%. depend on no men. And no. not to say that, you know, I'm going to get divorced tomorrow or, you know, like, but exactly. you don't depend. What if something happens to him? Yep. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's something really, really good. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that women need to think about. Right now yeah. you are in that stage of your life that you need to take care of your little ones. Of But course. one day they're going to be at that age that um, 
they're going to be in school or daycare or school. And that's your time. That's your time to do what you dream of, what you want to do, you know? Exactly. We, I feel like women, when they become moms, they become so lost in being a mom Mm -hmm. that when you have that free time where your kids are at school and stuff, like you start realizing you don't have any hobbies. You don't have a path. You don't have anything. You just got lost in becoming a mom. Right. Oh my goodness. I feel like we can have this conversation forever. I know. (laughs) We can be talking for the whole day. (laughs) And and maybe it's something that we can talk about in another episode that we can continue our conversation. Because I really, this is something that I really, really, really love talking about body image, um, beauty, uh, women empowerment is something that I am very passionate about um, because I was raised by two powerful women. And not to say that I I hate men because I'm married to one for 23 years. (laughs) So that's not the issue here. It's just to empower women to be confident about themselves and the values that they bring to their homes, their communities, and leadership. They are the leaders in this, you know, in this world because you are teaching your kids from a young age. Yep. So you're a mentor. You are a housewife. You yes. are a um, a career woman. <laughs> You are pretty much everything. Not to right. say that men don't play a big part, you know, in your life, but um, we need to be independent and, you know, powerful. Yeah, and you're, you're teaching the future politicians of this country, the future doctors and nurses and lawyers. And, you know, my daughter could be the, ne- the future president of the United States. And yeah. I don't know that, but it's important to instill hey, those values. Exactly. Caroline thank you so much for for being here with me today and sharing your um, wisdom with um, at at such a young age and even though you're young you have a lot of knowledge you are learning and you can be teaching other people what you what you've learned what you're learning Um, and it seems like you are enjoying the process of uh, empowering yourself and empowering others what is the best way to connect with you and if they want to know a little bit more about you uh, about your journey maybe there somebody's going through the same things that you're going through right now mainly instagram i'm on instagram most of the time i'm not really on why well, i have facebook and i have twitter but i'm mainly on instagram so that's mainly where you can find me that's mainly okay. where i post all my progress and stuff Okay, perfect. Um, I will have all your information on, um, all that information on the show notes. Um, so if anybody wants to connect with you or learn a little more, or maybe they have a question and you never know um, who's listening and you can be a big help for them. Of course. Thank I'm you so much. always open to helping people. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media. On Instagram and Twitter at Mayi Lens and on Facebook page Conversations with Mayi Lens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you.
Until next time, talk to you soon.